I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. What's up, you guys? Steven Milhausen here, writer for Sporting News and The Zone. It is Monday, September the 21st, 2020. Walk away to Fight Club, recapping Monday Night Raw. I'm writing solo tonight. No Daryl Rivera. Daryl will be back with us later on this week. Man, what a day. Today did not feel like a Monday. Today <laughs> felt like today more felt like a Friday. And I don't really know why. You guys ever like get that feeling to where it's it feels like a Friday, but it's really the beginning of the damn week. And that sucks. But we do have an absolutely fantastic show. We're going to talk about a ton of things. There's a ton to talk about. We're going to recap Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk big-time NXT news involving WWE. We're going to talk about the UFC. And one of their biggest stars, is he a racist? Big article came out about that today, so we will be talking about that. Big boxing week. We may dabble into a little boxing if we do got time. But if you're watching, watching via, we're on Facebook Live and we're also live via YouTube. It's quite simple, guys. Simple, 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 and more simple. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple. Subscribe to the channel and give it a thumbs up. Leave a question or comment in the in the chat as well. Also, if you're watching on Facebook Live. Just give a reaction to the video. And also, like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. And also give it a follow as well. When the audio, if you guys have to bounce out for one reason or another, it will be up late, probably about 20, 30 minutes after the podcast is done. It's simple, guys. All you got to do, 
It'll be available via iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all your favorite podcasting platforms. I do promise it will be up. want to thank everybody for watching. Man, we had a walkway to Fight Club had a pretty good weekend. Thank you to everyone that watched the UFC recap show. Great numbers. It means a lot. Thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. It means more to me than you guys realize. I've built up one podcast before on a pretty big website, and I feel like we're well on our way here. We're doing a lot of great things, and hopefully you guys will stick along for the journey. Now, the way we do things here, the way I do them, leave questions or comments. They can be asinine. They don't even really have to make sense. Anything involving MMA, anything involving boxing, and anything involving the world of pro wrestling. I will sit here and I we will jack it up until we're done. I'll answer, we've answered, I think, what, 40 questions on Friday. Another 20 on Saturday night, early Sunday morning. So you don't mind, you me. I will answer every single one because you guys take the time to answer them. But, man, how did your guys' fantasy football team do? Got Monday night here. I got Alvin Kamara, and he just scored a touchdown. The Raiders up. Debuting in Vegas. 31-24 to 24 over Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Quite interesting out there out in Las Vegas. So definitely we'll be talking about that and a whole lot more. But Monday Night Raw was this evening. Could it have been one of the final Raws, possibly in the Thunderdome? As it seems like WWE is going to be, from what I've been told, looks like they're going to be bouncing out. So it looks like that's going to be happening sooner rather than later. But let's get into this show. This was a wonky show. I like some of it. I didn't like a lot of it. But I really want to jump into this final segment of the show because this final segment of the show really bothered the living hell out of me. And this is why. You have the hurt business and retribution in the main event of the show. I get what you're they're trying to do. You're trying to build up that act. Fair enough. Okay. I can see where I can see where your where WWE is going. But here's what I where I have the problem. You go to the beginning of the show, and you have them announce that they're under WWE contract. They can do whatever the hell they want. What are what the hell is that? Good lord! I'm not trying to sit here and say, "Hey, uh, they can't sit there and come right out and say, "Hey, we've signed WWE contracts." That's stupid. Why would you do that for? Like, right off the shoot, you do that, and it's like, you kind of ruin the mystique a little bit. Having them come out to open the show and saying, oh, we're under WWE contract, and we can go do whatever we want. What? To me, you really killed it all in one shot. 
I don't understand. Why would you do that? And then you don't even, and then you only hype their match for a couple hours. This is supposed to be a big deal. Build it up. I would have saved it either A, for the pay-per-view. You do have a pay-per-view on Sunday. Or, here's a novel thought. Save it for next week's Raw when you need it. There was enough on the show to where you didn't need this. Now, there was too much on this show. You had too many big stuff. You had this. You had the McIntyre, Orton, Keith Lee situation. Seth Rollins, Murphy, and the Mysterio family. Then you got uh, the women's situation. That lasted a good part of it, which, is, which was great to see. I'm glad the women are getting a ton of shine, which is well-deserved. But then you're giving away a big match with about two hours and 40-minute notice. Build that crap up. He basically gave that a two-hour and 40-minute build. And you hand him a few and go at it last week. I would have built that up some more. You're wasting matches for the sake of a rating. Why? There was enough on the show. You had two big things on this show. Lee and McIntyre, which I wouldn't have done, but they were, they did it anyway. And that's all you really needed. There's yourself. Then you get Dabo and Dabakato and Braun Strowman. Two big things you've been building up. And you screwed it up. For what? Way too much. This felt like a Vince Russo show. And yes, I said it. It felt like a Vince Russo show. I can't even believe I said that. My mouth feels dirty. That I had to say Vince Russo's name. That's what it felt like. Too much of a train wreck. Some stuff was good, but a lot of it was bad. Then you get to this match. The match was nothing. The match was literally nothing. They did all that. You threw under the final part of the show. And you did it for that. T-Bar, which is Dominic Dijakovic, Mace, D.O. Madden, and Slapjack, Shane Thorne. Where did they come up with T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack? What is one of those things you throw darts at the wall and be like, hey, if it dart lands here, that's your name, kid. Who in the hell came up with those names? Good Lord. My four-year-old could have came up with better names than that. I could have given anyone that knew knows jack shit about wrestling and could have came up with better stuff. That was some damn hogwash. That's insulting our intelligence. You can tell those are Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon names. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It is. It has to be. 
You can't tell me that 40 people could not have come up with a better names than T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack. I will admit, though, the masks of Dijakovic and Dio Madden were pretty cool. Masks are awesome. But the names are horrific. Very horrific as the Chicago Bears offense. That's all I'm going to say. Dead horrific. I would have had them beat the Hurt Business. Make them look strong, but they didn't do that. In typical WWE fashion, the referee called for the bell too early. The referee was about, I don't know if it was the referee's fault or the other members of Retribution being late getting into the ring. Someone royally screwed up there. Because something, it was off. And hopefully you guys saw that. And it showed. And yeah, then they were going. Here came Drew McIntyre and the gang and the whole and the rest of the Raw Rock locker room. They were going at it, which was really good. They showed that, hey, there's more than the Hurt Business, Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee that are going to fight these guys. I thought that was great. But then you end it with a damn RKO by Randy Orton. Pure Leaf. Not bad tea, guys. I think someone needs to get a hold of Pure Leaf. Who makes Pure Leaf? Lipton, I think. Let's see. Does not say. Yeah, Lipton. Someone needs to contact Lipton. This Pure Leaf is phenomenal. But I didn't like the ending because A, Retribution should have gotten the win. I'm sorry. That should have happened. You want to build these guys, you have to do that. Why wouldn't you do that? Don't get that at all. Orton hits an RKO on McIntyre. The RKO, what you can see they were trying to like do the RKO where he's like jaw hits the ground first, and which was okay, whatever. It was what it was. The show was good. The ending was okay. But it was just a lot of things I wouldn't have done. You need to have these guys run people over. It's the only way you're going to make these guys believable. This 50-50 nonsense, and that's the problem. I have no interest in these guys now because you're making it 50-50. What does that do? That helps nobody. And therein lies the problem. And got a lot of interest, and I you, and you got I got a lot of people bouncing in, a lot of people bouncing out. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Leave a reaction to the video if you're watching via Facebook Live. Just leave a reaction, leave a comment, leave a question. Like the Walk Away to Fight Club on Facebook. Give it a follow as well if you're watching via YouTube. It's simple. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the Walk Away to Fight Club. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a question and comment on there as well, and it will get answered. We've got a lot of comments, guys. I'm telling you right now. A lot of comments already, and I'm loving it. Thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. But we got to remember here. The problem is, 
You don't let anyone ever really get over. And there's the problem. Why should I care now about retribution? I'm, my interest now is starting to wane. You hit me interested. I'm thinking they're going to run the Hurt Business over. Benjamin's going to take the fall. And then, okay, you get the brawl after that, which would have been fine. But you got to have these guys run them over. They didn't do that here. That's a big mistake. I can get the RKO, I guess. You're trying to establish the jaw injury, make McIntyre look vulnerable, heading into Clash of Champions, the ambulance match for the WWE title. I can get that, but they really fumbled up Retribution. There was some some legit interest in Retribution and the Hurt Business. And in typical WWE fashion, they just royally screwed it up. But did you guys like it? Maybe I'm just seeing something. Maybe I'm totally missing the ball here. I'm always open to ideas. We got 15 comments, questions and comments. So obviously we got a lot of interest on the show. We do. So you guys are welcome to jump on in. Let's see. Let's, let's see. Let's see, where do we, Matt Ward, you got me in the chat to debate you on, hey, I'm open for debates, I'm open for conversations. Thank you, Matt. Welcome, Steve. Welcome, Richard. Welcome. Keith Lee needs new tights, God fucking awful. You know what? I like the tights. And this is the only reason why, because it's with Black Lives Matter. I think, to me, I think that's cool. Could they use a little cosmetic change? Sure. That's not wrong. But the the fact he has that stuff on there, I think is really cool. Cedric Alexander I saw tonight, wristbands, Black Black Lives Matter. That was pretty cool. Zach Schlammer. Zach, thank you for listening. Steve Haim, hey, Zach, thank you for watching, man. Leave questions and comments. Means a lot. Thank you guys so much. Let's go back. Oh, we're stuck on it. We're stayed on Zach there. My apologies, guys. But, you know, it, it's it's a situation of where they always they have a good thing and it just tends to get ruined. And I don't understand why. It's like we keep going over this. Now, it's like I hit... It's like I it's like talking to my four-year-old and always having to repeat myself, and I hate repeating myself. It is so damn annoying. Good lord. Good damn lord, people. All right, let's get I'll go over the rest of the show. My thoughts. That's like I said, it was uneven. Too much. Like, I thought I was a fan of. I was a fan of the Orton McIntyre stuff. It was there. It was solid build. A great, I thought, a really good, strong promo by Randy Orton. That's how you get a promo over. I thought that was extremely well done. I thought Randy did a great job, came in. 
This Drew McIntyre face, Keith Lee, and the match was starting to get going. I was actually getting into it. And uh, Keith Lee went for the spirit bomb. McIntyre hit the Claymore. Here came Orton. Beat the tar out of McIntyre. Gave a, gave a punt to Keith Lee. I know people are going to get mad about what they're doing with Keith Lee. I look at it this way. They want to insert, and this is how I feel about the program and how Keith Lee's been inserted. Could Keith Lee be made to be stronger? I won't disagree. But I think we need to take solace in the fact that, not solace, but let's put in the fact that they brought this guy up and they're make, he's in the main of the main of that mix already, which they haven't done very well with NXT guys, with male or females, in a very long time. So the fact they did this, I think it has to be seen as a positive. Squashed the hell out of Randy Orton. Yeah, Orton punted him. Saying, okay, Orton got his retribution. Uh-huh, no pun intended. But no, I, I really do think that. And I thought that's, I think that's well done. I really do. And he's in the mix. And I think that's the most important thing. Keith Lee is in the mix. I think once this program ends, I think Keith Lee's going to be facing whoever the WWE champion is. And that is not a bad thing. Who wouldn't want to see Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre? Keith Lee and Randy Orton. Keith Lee and Brock Lesnar. Good freaking Lord, people. There's a lot of potential here. There really is with Keith Lee. We're only seeing a little bit. I know everyone wants to see now, now, now. We're going to get it. I, I actually, this is the one thing I actually feel confident in, and I don't know why I do. But I think that Keith Lee is going to, going to get done right here. I really, really do. Rest of the show. I thought it was a the rest of the show was kind of, like I said, it was just uneven. They had some good stuff. And let's kind of, let's go over the show. Start with the open. We already went over the open. We went with retribution, talking about Tom Phillips, Byron Saxon, and Jerry the King Lawler. So Tom Phillips is back, which is good to see. Jerry Lawler replacing Samoa Joe this week. I don't know where, what is going on with Samoa Joe. I don't know. I've been asked. I don't know. I I have asked and just really gotten no response. It could be anything. It could be, it could be he's getting over COVID. That's only making an educated guess and I'm not going to do that. Seems that way. But we're not really sure, and we'll get more into COVID talk regarding WWE in a little bit. But no Samoa Joe this week. Always good to hear and see Jerry Lawler because someone's got to make up for the ineptness of one Byron Saxton. Where's Booker T? Anyone but Byron Saxton. I'd rather see JBL. And I'm not the world's I'm not the world's biggest John Bradshaw Layfield fan, but. I can get into JBL more than I can get into Byron Saxon's corny ass. All right, let's let's get right into the show. 
We already talked about the opening segment. Sarah Schreiber with Ray Mysterio talking about Dominic getting his first shot. First shot at becoming, getting his first chance of getting an opportunity to fight for a title as he was teaming in a triple threat tag team match with Humberto Carrillo against Andrade and Hal Garza, Seth Rollins and Murphy. Said it was an honor that Dominic could follow in his footsteps. All right. Street Profits are on commentary. Selena Vega, not with Andrade and Angel Garza. Dominic Creo hit dives early. Rollins hit like this little grin, like, okay, all right, I like what I'm seeing. Street Profits were saying they would love to face the new team of Carrillo and Mysterio. Dominic gave Andrade a cold red, but Dominic, but Garza broke up. The call Murphy nailed Rollins with a with a knee. Crawled to make a cover. Rollins left and said, "You handle it, kid. I got things that people people to see and things to do." Andrade gave Murphy a back elbow. Garza followed with a wing clipper for the pinfall all win. And yes, once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the 9,439,242nd time, the Street Profits will be defending the tag team titles against Andrade and Angel Garza. Built uh, for the little time Dominic Mysterio was in there, he looked good. You can see Rollins, what he's doing with Murphy, he's like, even though I think that w- I would have had Rollins and Murphy win and then bail on him during the title match. Just my opinion. That is just me. That's my opinion. That's just me. Maybe I'm, like, really totally wrong there. But have Rollins screw him, I think would have been the best way to go. Screw him out of the title situation, because I don't want to see this match again. Or even have Mysterio and Carrillo win. Shake it up. Always predictable. A match I don't want to see. They have to win the titles this time, Yep, you think. Now. Here's an interesting fact. Between July 20th and September 7th, some combo of Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins fought some combination of Andrade and Hal Garza eight out of nine weeks. Talk about stale. Retribution backstage. Dijakovic did most of the talking, said the Hurt Business could have been a part of the solution, but were instead part of the problem because they bowed to WWE and took their money. They said tonight they would make the Hurt Business pay with retribution. The Kevin Owens show was Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac, doing his thing, talking about the Raw Underground main event of Davocado and Braun Strowman. So Davocado came to the ring. Here came Braun Strowman. They got in a face-off. Shane got in between them. Shane said if they're going to fight, they're not going to fight here on the Kevin Owens show. They're going to be fighting in the Raw Underground main event 
And out of nowhere, Owens against the corner. Here came Alistair Black, pulled him down, racked him. Racked Owens like four times. Man, if Kevin Owens was going to have any more babies, I think he's not going to have any more getting racked four times. That's just me. I'd be saying, honey, we're having no more babies tonight. Yeah, that's my singing. If you don't like it, tough. Retribution. Uh, Charlie Crusoe in the back with Drew McIntyre. McIntyre said he knew it's it's all business with him and Keith Lee. Everyone wants to be the WWE champion or they would not be in the business. Said they would laugh about it over drinks one day, and those drinks would be on him after he beats Keith Lee tonight. Right back to Retribution, taking care of Humberto Carrillo and the one and only standout from the University of Florida, Titus O'Neil. Keith Lee defeated Drew McIntyre by disqualification. That doesn't make sense. Wait, I have this wrong in my notes. Lee knocked McIntyre over the top rope with the bounce. They went to a commercial. McIntyre came back with a backdrop onto the announce table. That was weird. It didn't break. Keith Lee's a large man. Should have broke. Came back from break. Came into the top of the second hour. McIntyre briefly stopped Keith Lee's comeback. Lee hit him with the forearm to the injured jaw. McIntyre came back with a spine buster, followed by a neck breaker for two. Lee blocked the DDT with a power slam for two. Then a clothesline for another two count. I like the fact that Keith Lee kept making counts. Get McIntyre tired. Went for a spirit bomb. McIntyre slipped out, hit the Claymore, and like we said earlier, out came the 13-time WWE champion, Randy Orton. Hit McIntyre with a chair. Then he punted the living bejesus out of Keith Lee. Orton cuts a promo. Said, shame on the fans for thinking I'm not making it to Clash of Champions. I'm a 13-time WWE champion. I've never walked away from a title shot, and I'm not going to start now. Admitted Sunday's match is different. Went to the ambulance, opened up the doors. Said after being away in the ambulance a few weeks ago, it made Orton realize. Now he understood what everyone else felt like when they went in there at the hands of the legend killer. Ambulance matches mean different things to different people, but to him, it represented a 14th world title. And McIntyre's title reign would flatline. Thanks to the three most dangerous letters in all of sports entertainment, R-K-O. Randy Orton this year. Good Lord, Randy Orton this year with his promos. Oh, love it. How can you not love? How can you not love that? The man knows how to cut a damn promo. An amazing promo by Randy Orton. Peyton Royce showed up, says she should be getting a shot at Asuka. Asuka wondered if her, she was still friends with Billy Kay. 
They said they had they still were friends and had each other's back. Asuka said, you know what? No one is going to be ready for Asuka. And Peyton Royce will not be ready for her later on tonight. I don't understand. Why would you break up the icon- Iconics then? I'm really confused. Have each other's back. Why aren't they still a team? Still do singles and be a tag team. Jeez. Just my opinion. Zelena Vega and Mickey James. Another great Mickey James two weeks in a row. Really good promos. Really good fire saying she did not give up last week and would not give up going after the Raw Women's title. Got in the ring. This match was ugh, the worst thing I saw on the show. Vega applied an octopus. James got out of it, rammed her into the corner. James blocked a kick. They exchanged some roll-ups. James had a series of kicks and a flapjack, followed by a desk press off the top rope for a near fall. Vega blocked the jumping DDT, yanked James into the ropes, hit the backcracker for the pinfall. Man, a clean win for Selena Vega, and she will face Asuka on the kickoff show for the Raw women's title. The fact Asuka's on the kickoff show was a joke instead of the tag titles. G-T-F-O-H. Get the the fuck out of here. The Hurt Business beat up the secondary members of Retribution backstage. MVP asked Leslie and Benjamin if they handle things because he was walking out with Cedric Alexander for his match coming up. An awesome video. I love this. Bianca Belair dead lifting more than that guy working out next to her. The EST of the WWE. I'd rather see Bianca Belair get this opportunity. And I think sooner rather than later, we will see Bianca Belair getting a crack at Asuka in the Raw Women's title. Alexander Light Apollo No. Cedric Alexander MVP are in the ring. MVP said Retribution would be facing them tonight in a six-man tag. Alexander said he found out the hard way how dangerous the Hurt Business really are. He let a pol- he let Cruz know tonight wasn't about Cruz getting revenge. This was about Alexander getting his revenge. Alexander talked about, I don't care about Cruz or, or his kids. And out came Cruz and Ricochet. And a very intense look on one Ricochet tonight, which we don't really see too often. I thought we were going to see a heel turn tonight. We didn't get it. But I think a heel turn is coming for Ricochet sooner rather than later. Just have that look of like, I'm going to get my hands on you. We get to the match. I thought a pretty, I thought a good match. I wish I would have gotten more time. I only got a little bit under eight minutes. Baseball slide by Cruz. And for some, once again, WWE did this. The match wasn't even like 45 seconds and we were getting a break. Come back from break. Alexander's in control. Mishinoku driver for, for a narrow two count. Cruz got the heat back with an enziguri flying across body, a stinger splash, and then a foul, punctuated by a small one drop for two. Alexander with a suicide dive. Ricochet got in his face. Told he Then he, Alexander told Ricochet to back off. Alexander slipped back in the ring. Cruz, that's slippery Apollo Cruz with a roll up for the one, two, three, and the winner. Apollo Cruz. The Hurt Business music distracted Cruz. Alexander Hecht attacked him from behind in the Hurt Business 
put a whooping on Apollo Crews and Ricochet. And then we got to Raw Underground, the third hour of the show. And you know what? Raw Underground tonight was awesome. Here are some good parts of the show. One of my favorite parts tonight was Raw Underground. Started with Dolph Ziggler, Arturo Ruas. Man, a lot of good back and forth stuff. We saw we saw kicks. We saw wrestling. And Ziggler won with a rear naked choke. I loved it. Pretty badass. I thought a little bit of an upset. I thought Arturo Ruas won. And you know what the one thing I liked about Raw Underground tonight? None of those silly, stupid, 19 million Kevin Dunn camera cuts. That was fantastic. And for everyone wondering, the Las Vegas Raiders beat the New Orleans Saints 34 to 24. Good win for Vegas. 2 0. Could it be that all the Raiders needed was moving to Vegas? Look at what the Golden Knights did their inaugural season in Las Vegas. Went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe the Las Vegas Raiders go to the Super Bowl. Stranger things have happened. Shane wanted to talk to Strowman. Strowman wanted nothing to do with Shane McMahon. Gave the mic to the newest member of the WWE family, Brianna Brandy. Asked him the question, what we can expect tonight. He threatened to beat up everyone and send them home with a pocket full of teeth. And he threatened Shane, if you want some, come get in the ring. Now, here came a segment I, I didn't like, but it was damn funny. Seth Rollins came into the ring, talked about everything he was gone through with the Mysterio family. And he said he went to WWE.com and noticed something that's been bothering him about the Mysterio family. Showed a picture on the big screen and noted the difference between Ray and Dominic. Rollins had some people do an investigation and had the results of the investigation. He had those like big brown envelope, like a packaging envelope. Invited the Mysterio family to come to the ring. They came on stage. Ray threatened to beat the crap out of Seth for everything he's put him and his family through. Rollins trying to calm him down. Said, I respect I respect you people for standing together as a family and overcoming all this adversity. But Rollins said, you guys need to know the truth. Had the result of a DNA test to see if Ray was really Dominic's father. And Rollins said, Ray, you're not the father. Laughed. Ray said they've been this down, been down this road before. It didn't work then, and it won't work now. Rollins realized he may have made a mistake when he asked a question to his investigator. Perhaps it was Aaliyah, who was looking very nice today, was not Ray's daughter. He had more, more evidence. Showed a replay of Aaliyah checking out Murphy's well-being last week after the Steel Cage match with Rollins and Dominic. Rollins asked what her deal was. Ray told Rollins not to speak to her. Ray said they already spoke about what happened last week. 
She raised her to be a caring, compassionate human being, but she's only 19 years old and was naive about the business. That pissed off Aaliyah, stormed to the back. Angie Mysterio followed, and Ray and Dominic looked at each other and walked away too. Not before Dominic gave Ray the Rollins look. Like, ah, I'm going to kick your... This was awesome. This was great. It was funny. Yeah, 15 years ago, yeah, we kind of knew. But Ed, and Eddie Guerrero was fantastic in the angle. This was fun. It was slimy. It, didn't, it felt kind of eh and dirty. But Seth Rollins' delivery. Really well done. Big props to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins doesn't get it. His delivery in this in this Monday Night Messiah character, extremely well done. I am definitely a fan. Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Wah against Natalia and Lana. This was the worst thing on the show. I do apologize to Zelina Vega and Mickey James. Ruby White. Ruby, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan were joining commentary. This match lasted about a minute. Baszler tapped out Lana again with the Kira Fita clutch. Jackson Baszler went after the Riot and Morgan. They fought Jackson until Baszler backed them off. Jack saw Lana once again. Poor Lana, a Samoan drop through the table. Man. I guess they don't like Miro being with uh, uh, AEW. I guess they didn't like that brass ring comment. Don't really blame them. Charlie in the back again and with Drew's in the trainer's room, icing his jaw. So he's going to beat the hell out of Orton on Sunday, but he's ready to fight tonight and left. Aliyah's. Told Ray she can speak for herself. She's not naive. Ray's like, I'm, I'm just trying to protect you from the wrestling business and from Seth Rollins. Aliyah's like, I only came to Raw to support Dominic. And Rollins has hurt you and him. She was worried about what Rollins was capable of doing to her or her mom. And she stormed. Not bad. She's got... It wasn't bad. Needs some work, but it wasn't bad. Eric from the Viking Raiders and Riddick Moss. They're going back and forth. They exchanged some slams. Then a horrible. I guess the right hand wasn't bad, but it, it could have been better. But you know what, though? We didn't get 90,000 uh, cuts. Shane asked Brandy to ask Dabakato a question. She seemed too intimidated. Shane asked what he was going to do to Strowman. Said Strowman would find out what he's capable of and told Shane to get out of his face. I like Dabakato here. I really did. I thought he came off very well. And we got Asuka and uh, Peyton Royce. Mm, this was the third worst thing on the show. And I hate saying things. I love Asuka. Asuka gave Royce a roundhouse kick. Tried applying the Asuka lock. But out came Zelina Vega for the DQ. Asuka tried to go after Vega, but she bailed. I've seen better. I'm not a fan of Peyton Royce being in the ring. I wish they would just have her team with Billy Kay. But it seems like Peyton Royce is going to be getting a push. For good, bad, or indifferent. 
back to Raw Underground. It was about 90 seconds. They're exchanging, exchanging some punches. Strowman knocked down Kato with the right hand, mounted him, hit a few, hit a few ground and pound shots. The referee came in and stopped it. Okay. All that hype just to feed Dabo Kato the Braun Strowman. Why? Good Lord, why? Makes no sense. You could have done so much more. What do you mean, Dabo Kato win? Make him strong. And this here, and we keep talking about this. What the hell? You need new acts to get over. How hard is WWE to understand? Braun Strowman's not over. He's not. You can shave his head. You can shave his face. You can even be a charming mute. He's not that good. He is staler than Brennan's been out for two months. I have no vested interest, and neither do I, does anyone else in Braun Strowman. He's staler than hell. Good freaking Lord. And yet we keep seeing Braun Strowman keep getting pushed down our throats. You sacrificed a young talent who could have had some potential. And this, you're never going to know what people, what you have in somebody and people unless you give them a shot. And that is the problem with this company. Dabakato. It's not even just a retribution. You know, it's just one of these things that where you wonder, the WWE wonders why ratings are down. Lack of interest. Because they don't build new talent. They keep recycling. Until you learn not to recycle everything. And give talent a legit shot. You're never going to truly know what you have. You're not. And that is wrong. More COVID-19 positive tests. Now, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, on FightfulSelect.com, ordered numerous COVID-19 tests in WWE. Now, I don't... I only found this out on Twitter. And I'm going to see him and I'm going to go to Sean's and follow Sean on Twitter. Sean is an absolute fantastic follow. He's at Sean Ross Sapp. Um, I'm going to want to make sure I get this right here. I don't want to don't want to screw it up here because I think Sean's doing a really Sean's to me. Sean's the best in the business and it's not even close. That's why I make sure I get this right here. I do apologize, guys. Give me one second. I think that's right. Okay. 
It is another COVID outbreak, but it's in NXT. And John Alba, who's been killing it. John's another guy you should follow from Spectrum 360. He's also the host of Living the Gimmick, a pro wrestling podcast. John Alba's a great follow at John Alba. I thought John Alba followed me. I guess he doesn't follow me no more. I don't know what I did to John. Now, let's see. John Alba says, multiple sources, there was a COVID-19 outbreak within NXT recently. Working on the details, but sources indicated it may have had a decent effect on creative. Several classes at the PC were canceled, and the outbreak happened over the past couple weeks. He said a source indicates to him some have gotten relaxed with mask wearing, especially in spots where some people congregate, and there was concern over that. Says he was told people were still testing positive as recently as this weekend with the belief being a coach accidentally spread it. Now, what? Wear your damn masks, people. This isn't hard. What is so hard about following? Wearing a mask. What is so... I'm not going to sit here and get on this like holier-than-thou nonsense. I'm not. But you got to wear a mask, guys. Come on. Especially in Florida where it's still pretty bad. I got friends down there. I'm 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 told it's still bad. Not as bad as it was like two months ago. But it's still bad. I don't know anything. I'm just reading what the reports are. I put in some inquiries. I just haven't gotten anything yet. And if I have anything before we get off, I'll definitely let you guys know. But not good news. And it shows you have to wear your damn mask. This isn't hard, guys. Come on. We're better than this. All right. Let's get into a little two more topics. Let's get in uh let's get into MMA. Actually, before we get to Colby Covington, I wanna just really quickly, I wanna let's give an update on Tyron Woodley coming off of a fifth round TKO loss to the aforementioned Colby Covington this weekend at UFC Vegas eleven. Woodley did a Instagram live earlier today and said, very weird. You could tell he was really like doped out on painkillers, but said didn't make near the end. And the important part, the gist of it was he's not going to retire. Even though people, including me, Daryl, Dana White, and everyone under the sun thinks he should hang it up after three dominating losses in a row. Said he's not going to hang it up. He's not changing his coaching. He's going to figure out what is wrong. He does have torn. He does have a broken rib. Reported by ESPN's Ariel Helwani. I think once Woodley looks at the fight, 
I think maybe Tyron Woodley is going to change his tune. I think Tyron Woodley really needs to consider it. I really do. I, just, I don't un. You became the Walter Way champion. You've made a ton of money. You got a good music career. You know, you're doing a bunch of different things outside of the octagon. Preserve that. What is the point of fighting at this point? That's what I don't know. And that's what I don't understand. No reason to fight. Think if he you could not get up for your biggest rival, how are you gonna get up for any other fight? That's 38 in this day of age in combat sports that's still young. But I, I just don't know what is going on with Tyron Woodley. I really don't. Hopefully he looks back and is like, I don't know what to do. Maybe I need to hang it up. Hopefully he hopefully he does consider retirement. All right. I'll get into was debating. I was debating this topic, guys. And, you know, I thought about bringing it up. When we did the podcast on Saturday night. But I didn't know. I was writing during the post show. I really was. It was in and out of paying attention. I knew about the Cerrone price stuff because I had already been done and I was getting ready to head down to do the podcast. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stand off. And it was really cool. I knew Covington had went back and forth with Usman. I really wasn't paying attention to what he said. I didn't know what he ended up saying at his press conference. But then I, I seen everything that happened during the presser. I watched everything. And I was like, oh, and let me, let me get to it here. Let's get into it here. So no, we'll start with this. They had the confrontation with Walter Way Champion and Kamara Usman. It was after Covington had talked to President Trump. Okay, they don't have it in here. Trying to look for the exact. And then, you know, I was trying to figure out how to talk about it. And. There's a great article today, and I'm I'm not saying this because it's my employer, but go to sportingnews.com. I put the article on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page, and I was a great article by my boss, the, the editor of the combat sports section, Andreas Hale, and 
was a very, very enlightening article. And it was talking about Colby Covington and whether in calling him a racist more and less calling him, not more or less. He called him, called him a racist and kind of really put the onus on the UFC because the UFC condoned the comments. Now, the confrontation he had with Usman, he goes, after he had talked to President Trump, he goes, who did you get a call from? Did you get a call from freaking your little tribe? Did they give you some smoke signals for you? You're a joke, Marty Fake Newsman. If that's not racist, I don't know what is. I first want to say I apologize to all you guys. Everyone watching live, people are going to listen to the replay. They're going to watch the replay. I apologize to everyone that's going to listen to the audio. I'm ashamed of myself. Because I should have been paying attention more than I did when they were talking on the post show on ESPN+. It enraged me yesterday. It enraged me more this afternoon when I read Andreas' article. You know, I try not to get extremely political on here. I really don't. I love having fun. And I was having this conversation with Daryl today. And I'm like, you know, I've done a lot in this industry. I've built up a good rapport with all the key players in this industry. All the executives and the PR and everything under the sun. And I have fun doing this. I've taken a previous podcast and built it up before that person decided he didn't want to do it anymore. They didn't see the same vision as I did and I bounced and I see the, and this is growing and it's getting bigger. And the last couple weeks have been really a proof of that. And that's because of you guys. And I greatly appreciate everyone that is what that has watched, leave comments. It means more to me than you guys will ever understand. But what I will not handle is people being racist. And right now the world is messed up. It's a racial divide like never before. Um, I am part of my ethnicity is I am Mexican. I am proud to be a Mexican. I am proud to be Hispanic. My grandfather came from Mexico and worked his ass off to provide for my grandma and my mother and my aunts and my uncle. That hard work made me the person that I am. And I got called jokes 
I got to call the racist stuff. I got to call the wetback. I got to call the spick. I got told to cut my grass. Go cut my grass, Mulehausen. Yes, my name is Mulehausen. My mom's maiden name is Rios. I take offense when people make comments like that. I do. I'm a human being. I'm a human being first before I am a journalist. And the stuff that came out of Colby Covington's mouth is fucking ridiculous. He is a racist. Regardless of how you feel about Kamaru Usman, he is the UFC welterweight champion. He's got a fantastic story. Is Kamaru Usman my cup of tea? On a personal level, no. On a fight level, he's amazing. He's a great fighter. You don't become the welterweight champion because you're terrible. He dominated Tyron Woodley. He stopped Colby Covington in one of the best fights of 2019. After losing the first round, he dominated Jorge Masvidal, the BMF champion. But I will give Masvidal a hall pass because that was, and I'll give both guys a hall pass. That fight was on six days notice. I'd like to see both guys properly prepared for each other and each of them at 100%. And I'd like to see how it goes after that. You know, I respect Colby Covington as a fighter. I do. He is very good. You, you can't deny that. You can't. You can't take that away from him. It's a former interim welterweight champion. He's a hell of a fighter. And yes, you can call him. People call him a poor man's Conor McGregor. People call him a poor man's Chael Sonnen. I think he's smart. In the essence of he gets under people's skin so much. He gets people to want to see him fight. Makes people pay to see him get his ass kicked. That's a salesman. But the one thing he does, he backs it up in the octagon. He gives 110%. I don't like the racist comments. I don't. As a journalist and as a human being. Because at the end of the day, when I take the headphones and the microphone off and I shut my computer off after working, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm not a journalist. I'm a human being. I think we all have feelings. We all have feelings. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's been, this has been made into MAGA versus Black Lives Matter. And I can get 
and I can honestly get both sides of the spectrum. I can understand how one side feels, and I can understand what the other side feels. And that is their opinions. I'm okay with that. This is the last time I checked the United States of America. And I understand that some people have more rights than others, and that's not right whatsoever. It's horrific. This is supposed to be, this country is supposed to be about equality. This country isn't equal. Everyone should have an equal shake. At everything. Males, females, whites, African Americans, Hispanics, Asians. I don't care what the hell color of your skin is. We're all human beings. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. We all put our shirts on one arm at a time. We all sleep with two eyes closed. It's quite unfortunate. You could still sell yourself without having to make racist backhanded comments. Why Kamara Usman didn't go off, I don't know. I don't even know if Kamara Usman under, I'm not saying he didn't understand, but I don't know if, I don't know if Kamaru didn't want to blow his top. But I thought Kamaru Usman handled that as professionally as he could. And he handled it well. I want to see him fight again. But it doesn't take away the comments of Colby Covington. And then he's making comments about Woodling. I'm going to get to those comments. I got them here. Hold on a second. I thought I had them. I don't. I thought I had them. Give me one second, guys. Ah, here we go. This is what he said during... The press conference. Black Lives Matter is a complete sham. It's a joke. They're taking people that are complete terrorists. These are bad people. Wait, Black Lives Matter is a complete sham. It's a joke. You're talking about people who are complete terrorists and criminals. These people who are not hardworking blue-collar Americans, they are bad people. They are criminals. Later added about Woodley. He's a communist. He's a Marxist. He stands for criminals. He hates America. That's why he got broke tonight. That's not why he lost. Mr. Colby Covington. 
He lost because you were the better fighter in the octagon. You are the better fighter. I don't... I wonder if he truly believes the words that come out of his mouth. Now, there is an interview I did with him last week. It is up on the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash the walkway to fight club. It's also available on audio on iTunes, Google play, Spotify, your favorite podcasting platform. He says kind of the same, I don't remember it word for word, but he says a lot of the same making a MAGA versus black lives matter. Talked about Jorge Masvidal, talked about Donald Trump. And I put a little snippet of what he said about President Trump today. You can find that on the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. You can find it on my personal Facebook page. And you can also find it on my Twitter at SMuelhausenJR. He is a racist. Plain and simple. No ifs, no ands, or buts about it. I will not take away how great of a fighter he is because he is a great fighter. There's no doubt about that. I think his ideals are not where they should be. And then what makes the situation even better, not better, but what makes the situation worse is the fact that UFC is condoning this nonsense. Dana White was asked about the comments made by Colby Covington. He endorsed the behavior, saying, one of the things we've never done here in the UFC is stop people from expressing how they feel about certain things inside or outside the octagon. White told reporters after the fight card, even if it's me, if it's about me, Who's more about free speech than we are? We literally let our people do or say whatever it is they do. It's normal. And I agree with this part in the article here. What's normal for white is to support the fighters who share similar beliefs. At a recent Trump rally in Nevada, white was in attendance with Henry Cejudo and Justin Gaethje. It's not by accident that White often showers them with praise while the likes of Tyron Woodley and Kamara Usman haven't received the same type of promotional support. Now, it's not wrong. It's not. That's condoning your fighter being a racist. Now, the one thing I do like about the UFC compared to the WWE and Dana White's, Dana White's right on a little bit there. Of He allows the fighters to say what they want. But allowing them to say what they want should come, up, come to a point. There has to be a point where, okay, enough's enough. This is an instance where enough is enough. Why aren't you showing support? for the African-American fighters like that. You should be defending Tyron Woodley. 
shouldn't be defending. Why can't? Why would you allow those comments? Why would you allow racist comments on your television? Why isn't ESPN doing anything? ESPN is just as guilty in this situation. Article's not wrong. You endorsed what Colby Covington is saying. When as the president and the head of a major sporting organization, you need to, I'm not saying toe the line, but you need to defend all fighters of all races and all genders. Dana White's a big supporter of President Trump. You know, he did a lot for Dana White when they had first bought the company from when they first bought the company, when Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta bought the company from Bob Marowitz. So I can get where Dana White has a certain loyalty with Donald Trump. I get it. But it doesn't mean you got to sell your soul, turn your back on your fighters and not support all your fighters. Everyone has feelings. In this situation, Dana White just looked out for Dana White and really showed his true color. We already knew, pretty much knew what Dana White's true colors were to begin with. It was just made a little more odd. It was, if no one knew then, you sure and tell knew after Saturday night. And I think that's a travesty. I think there was a little more I wanted to share with you guys. The media. And with this part here, now we'll go into all the questions and comments. I'm ashamed of the media. No one's really said a damn word. And I'm not saying because Andreas Hale is the senior editor of combat sports at the zone and sporting news. I'm not saying it because he's my boss. I'm not saying it because he is my friend. I'm saying it because he's the only one with the guts up until this evening to speak out. I didn't fully hear it, and I didn't see it until after this podcast was done on Saturday night, Sunday morning. But I knew when I was laying in bed, Reading, watching, same thing yesterday and same thing today. The media just turns turns an eye, doesn't follow up. They're afraid to lose their credentials. It's just a credential. You can still get your work done. You can still get what you're looking for. The one thing I've, and I will say this about the UFC. If you come up with a strong opinion and have facts to back it up, the UFC, in all honesty, has always been pretty fair. I know what else they have. I can't speak for other outlets, but I can speak for me. I can speak for Andreas Hale, and I can speak for my our team. And the UFC is really good about giving us access that we need. Now, I don't want to say the media is racist, because I don't think they are. 
I know I have a lot of friends in the media, and I know they're not. I think diversity has something to do with it. It's not a lot of minorities in MME or combat sports media in general. There's really not. I think it's just a a lack of awareness, and I think fear, fear of not pissing off people, and afraid to speak out. There's nothing afraid to speak out about. You, you're a journalist. We have a lot of power. It's all about how you want to use it. You can either sit on your hands and just write articles and be content. I know Andreas Hale's not, and I'm not either. I'm not a content type of guy. But, and I'll close with this. Yes, Colby Covington is a racist, plain and simple. If no one likes that, you don't have to watch anymore. Professionally, he's a hell of a fighter. He's one of the best welterweights in the world. There is no doubt about that. He got to where he's at because he's a great fighter. And the fact that he pushed the right buttons, said the right things, and sometimes does cut a great promo. When he's not using racial overtones, I think his promos are fine. You can go that route and not bring race into the issue. And race should never be an issue. should never play that hard. I have and always will take offense to that. So Colby Covington, you are a racist. And one day it's going to come around and you're going to get in trouble for it. Hopefully you don't. Hopefully you learn sometime down the line. I don't know when that'll be, but hopefully you learn the feelings you have hurt and the, the feelings that you've, the things that you've said and the people that you've hurt by the things that have come out of your mouth. Hopefully one day you do realize the things you've said are wrong. Hopefully you do. All right, let's get, I don't want to talk about this anymore, so let's go. Let's get into the questions. we got a ton of questions, a ton of comments. I want to thank everyone so much who has taken time. <laughs> Zach Schlammer. We'll read this one because this is just, I need to laugh. My fantasy team is A-OK things to <laughs> Waller lit it up tonight like a Christmas tree. Sure did. Richard McPhee. Thank you, Richard. Show was all over the fucking place. Oh my God. Yeah. Good Lord. Raw was. Needs in that, in that situation, that needs to be rectified, man. Retribution under contract and a lot of destroying and fuck shit up. That's my blowing. Now, if they would have said they were not under contract, I, then you still allow them to wreck some shop. That's what you do. Good Lord. It's simple. This is a good, this is kind of where I was alluding to earlier, but I should have, I forgot to say it. Retribution, Richard, Richard, retribution needed to be built up as invaders or outsiders. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. That's what it should have been. The invaders part they were doing, but they they didn't go full bore with it and ended up biting them in the ass. Nick Swink, what's up, dude? Thank you for leaving a comment, Nick. Greatly appreciate it. Hope all is well. Let's... I'm joining Retribution and changing my name. <laughs> Man, you guys are making me laugh when I need one. 
Richard, Braun should not be bearing raw underground concept is destroyed. Bingo, ding, ding, freaking ding. Let's see. Uh, my apologies here, guys. Got it here. Oh, there we go. Matt Ward. Dabokato should have won versus Braun, but Vince used Dabokato to get Braun his heat back. He sure did, Matt. For what? That, I have no reason now to want to see Dabokato. I don't. You cut him off at the head. He's done. I have no reason to tune in to watch him now. Because you needed to protect Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman still would have been fine. You said the sacrificing of talent to keep stale talent over to a degree. Matt Ward. I wonder if they did that so they can trademark them on like their real names. I don't know. That's a question I'll have to ask. Richard McPhee, you know Vince McMahon gives guys terrible names like the Retribution members. Those are some of the worst names I have ever seen in my entire life. Good Lord. How do you give names that bad? I just don't get that. I don't, I don't get it at all. Those are some horrific names. Poor Ricochet Burial continues. I don't think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to be seeing Ricochet for too much longer. I will be pleasantly surprised if we see Ricochet one year from now in WWE. And I'll leave it at that. Richard, Raw Underground totally sucks, although seeing Ziggler was cool, but he is a highly paid job guy they do nothing with. So underutilized, Dolph Ziggler. He's got so much talent. He's got so much potential. It's so much talent. It's he's got the charisma. He's got everything you need. And yet gets treated like a pile of dirt. You know, but he's a highly paid job guy. And you know what? If he's happy with it, we should be too. Richard, her business is already getting destroyed and buried. Why bother? Why bother out then in a stable for nothing? Not wrong, Richard. You're not wrong, my friend. Now, here's something interesting I really haven't seen. Too much raw underground and the fake-looking MMA is too much. Now, I enjoyed Raw Underground tonight. More we, more often than not, most weeks, I'm not the world's biggest fan of Raw Underground. But I was tonight because you didn't have all these jump cuts and all these 500 camera, different camera shots. I thought everything looked good, and everything was competitive. And that's what I want to see out of this. We kind of know where we're going with it, but it... Tonight, actually, I thought the crowd was good. Everything was shot well. 
And I thought the fights, I thought they were really good. I actually really enjoyed it. Richard McPhee, I asked Ken Shamrock about doing Raw Underground, and he said his Impact deal expired, and he's negotiating with Impact, but open to WWE return to do Raw Underground. Now, here's what I know about Ken Shamrock. He's wanted to go back, and I've talked to Ken about this in the past. For once, a reason I still can't comprehend, it seems like WWE's not on the same page. I know they were upset when he left. In late 99, to go back to fighting. But what were they doing? You know, and he had the neck injury. But what were they doing with him? And that's the thing, too. They had they could have done so much with Ken Shamrock. And to me, they just wasted it. Could they bring him to Raw Underground? Yeah. Will they? I put it at, like, 10%. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing it, but if you don't have him go in and be an ass-kicking machine, I don't think really think there's a point of bringing Ken Shamrock there. Matt Ward, Keith Lee versus Lashley for the U.S. title. Hmm. I think we're going to see this down the line. This is from Matt Ward. I think I would be in, I'd be invested. I'd be in. Not now, but I think I think we'll see this within six to eight months. <laughs> Nick Swing, JBL blocked me on Twitter. I have no use for him. Well, you know what, Nick? JBL blocked me too. So one thing I notice about WWE announcers, except Byron Sexton, I'll get Byron Sexton this. I talk a lot of crap about him on Twitter, and he still hasn't blocked me. But JBL has. Jerry Lawler has, even though I've interviewed Jerry Lawler, even after he blocked me, and promised he would unblock me, he didn't. And Michael Cole. Very sensitive, these WWE announcers are. Richard McPhee, Strowman does not need to push a raw underground angle. He has been built as a monster already. A wasted opportunity. Aleister Black should have that spot. You are... Not wrong, man. Not wrong, Richard. I think I would have went with Dabo Kato. I like what they're doing with Aleister Black and Kevin Owens. If they can just... What they did tonight I thought was well done. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Aleister Black should be getting more of a push than he's getting. I really do. Richard McPhee, the Raw Underground crowd is so over-the-top. <laughs> You're not wrong, but they're being told what to do. But I liked it tonight because it gave it like a they it gave it big fight feels. And I want to feel that when I'm watching a fight. And I thought that was I thought that was good. Matt Ward, Aaliyah and Murphy, I'm ready for it. You know what? I am too. She's pretty good looking. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think we can deny that. Let me go back to that. I'm ready for it, Matt Ward. I really, really am. Good to see Murphy in a good spot. Because he's extremely talented. And I I think Aaliyah's been... She's been average, but she's good to look at. Matt 
Matt Ward line on getting table service from here, Scott. No one will come out and say it, but I think if anyone can add what if one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four. She's getting buried for the things that came out of his mouth of that promo on Dynamite when he debuted on Dynamite. And I think that's unfortunate. Richard McPhee, Vince has a big man fetish with Brock Strong. There's something that's Vince McMahon just loves big guys. That's been a fetish with Vince McMahon since 1983. When he bought the company from his dad, he's always had that big men sell. He's always had that mentality and it worked for the longest time. This is a different age. People don't buy that anymore. What's with a lot of credible outlets reporting? This is from Richard. With a lot of people, credible outlets reporting, Melina resigned with WWE and Melina denies the report. Now, I had heard Melina sign too, and she's coming back. And this has been what this is what these talents do. Look at like John Morrison. He denied, 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 and we all knew he resigned with the company. Talent is told. People they're bringing in are told not to come out and say, hey, we signed. They don't make it. They want it to be as big of a surprise as it possibly can be. And that's all it is here. She has re-signed. That hit, PW Insider reported that first, and I know a lot of other places that do. She has re-signed. She will be there sooner rather than later. Woodley is delusional. In terms of come, wanting to come back, Absolutely. I don't think he needs to get rid of his team. If he's going to come back, he needs – he's got to look back on what got him to the dance and what got him to the top of the welterweight division. He's got to remember that Tyron Woodley. If he can remember that Tyron Woodley, I think he'll be fine. He needs money. Woodley spent his fortune on his music career, even Woodley. Oh, yeah, he – when you're fighting for money, it's never a good thing, Richard. He still got a lot of money, but he spent a ton. He did spend a ton, and it's he's told me that when we talked. We talked. It was either right before the Usman fight or right after the Usman fight, and he had told me that. But that's let's see. Richard McPhee, Colby is just over the top. I don't think he knows what he says half the time. It's just a kid. Oh, it's. I don't think he understands the. I don't think he understands fully what the words coming out of his mouth. I really don't. And I, that's the sad part about this situation. Um, It's just a gimmick here. I'm not saying it's not. He's more and less admitted that to me. But I think what he's said and done is completely wrong. Richard McPhee intentionally racist, no insensitive comments. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay. Richard, but those comments fuel the rematch. Where they're hell-bent on doing Burns. Why the UFC is hell-bent on doing Usman versus Burns is beyond me. You strike all the iron. It's not coming versus Usman is your money point, money fight. Oh, uh, 
we said this on Saturday night, me and Daryl. I have no need for Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns. I don't. And it's not a knock on Gilbert Burns. He's earned the championship opportunity. He's the number rightful number one contender. I don't just don't have a need to see it. I think we do need to see Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. We should get it. Hopefully we get it sooner rather than later. So I think you're blowing a golden opportunity. I think you, I would go with it now. Steve, do you think the UFC should reprimand Covington and make him apologize? Absolutely 100%. I'd find him. I'd make him take sensitivity training. And hell yeah, I'd make him apologize. Will they do it? Hell no. They've made it, the Dana White's made that abundantly clear. They should, he should, but I know they, I know he won't. Steve, what do you think, and what do you think of Dana White interviewing and saying Donald Cerny needs to retire? Should a promoter mind his business and it's up to the fighter too to make his own decisions? Um... In regards to Cerrone, I was thinking about it leading into this fight with Nico Price, and I was wondering what we would see from Donald. And from what we saw from Donald, I'm fine with him continuing. He looked good. I really thought he looked pretty after a little bit of a, I thought after a shaky first round, I thought Donald looked pretty good. I had Cerrone winning the fight. I know a lot of people didn't agree with me. But I thought Cerrone had done enough to win. Um, in terms of Dana's, Dana's been doing this for years. He's done it. He did it with Chuck Liddell. He did it with Randy Couture. He did it with Tito Ortiz. Mad Hughes. The promoter's got the right to say what he wants. I think Dana should mind his own business, but Dana also, and this is where I will give Dana credit for him. Dana doesn't want to see guys stay too long. That's when you just, just, just keep taking unnecessary damage when you don't need to be taking it and further injuring yourself. And you, because he doesn't want these guys ending up like what happened with Muhammad Ali. You don't want too many blows ahead. You don't want these guys getting CTE, the Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and everything. He, and that essence, I know he doesn't want that for his fighters. I know he doesn't. I don't mind him interjecting, but the end of the day should always be up to the fighter to retire. If the fighter wants to retire, it should always, always 150% be up to the fighter. Richard, I'm not racist, Steve. Maybe I viewed the comments. Definitely you're not familiar with the terminology, but Steve, you're truly right. You know what, man? This isn't, Richard, this isn't about right or wrong. It's not. I'm, I'm open to all types of conversation. It's not a right, wrong, wrong. It's what I love about this country. We're all allowed to have an opinion. Good, bad, or indifferent. And it's a, conver- a great conversation to have. We all, and everyone needs to be educated. Not even just about this topic, but everything. And just about life in general. We can all learn. We all should learn something every day. That is my honest opinion. I've always, I say that to my kids. Should And I was taught that by my grandfather. Should always learn something every day. He taught me two things, and I always stick them with me. You should always attempt to learn something new every day and always make sure you read something. 
I do those things every day. I try my hardest. And I do those things. Richard McPhee, Colby is a Trump clone gimmick, but most people say he's not really like that. I have talked to people around Colby Covington. They say he is the nicest human being. I had a conversation with Ricardo Lamas. This was, and I'll reveal a little bit here. When I found out Colby Covington was going to MMA Masters, I had a brief conversation with Ricardo Lamas about it. And Ricardo, I've been friendly with Ricardo for since I've been in this industry. So about 10 years I've known Ricardo. And he's always been very honest. And he told me, he's like, he's so nice. He's like, he's doing what he feels he needs to do to get him to the elite level and people talking about him. But outside of all that, you couldn't find a better human being. And that's the part that's very annoying. Because he is a nice guy. But then he just dials it up. He cranks it way too hard. Instead of cranking it up just a little, he goes overboard and over the top. And that's when he starts starts acting like a complete idiot. And that's the sad part about it. Colby likes to shock attention, remember controversy, creates cash. Yes! Never, I got my, I got the book back there about Eric Bischoff. All right, we will end with this. When I heard Mace and Slapjack were named, this is from Matt Ward, were names I thought it was Big Boss Man type of faction instead of Rebels. <laughs> oh, goodness, Matt Ward, you are not wrong, my friend. All right, you're not wrong, my friend, and we will end with that. Wow, that's a great way to go here. Thank you, everyone, that has watched tonight. You can, if you're watching via YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Even if you're watching on Facebook, just subscribe to the channel. Just hit that subscribe button. Give an old thumbs up to the video. Leave a question or comment if you like. You want to leave a thumbs down? If you leave a thumbs down, at least tell me why. I will accept that. I promise. If you're watching via Facebook, or even if you're not watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Like the walkway to Fight Club on Facebook. Just type it in that search bar. Do, 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 do. Trying to work with Facebook on fixing the URL because somehow it's screwed up. So I have to I have to fix that. And somehow Facebook has to take care of it for me. Let's type in the search bar, the walkway to Fight Club. Give a reaction to the video. And also follow the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page and also like it as well. Have a Twitter page at Walkway Fight. Also on Instagram, the Walkway to Fight Club. This comment makes me feel happy. Great show, Steve. Thank you, Richard. And thank you for watching. And thank you, Matt Ward, for leaving the comments. Thank you, Richard, for leaving the comments. Thank you, Nick Swink. Thank you, Zach Schlummer. It really means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. We're also, I meant to say, we're on Instagram at Walkway Fight. You can find me right there at S. Mulehausen JR. Got some cool, 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 cool stuff coming up here this week. I promise. Some cool stuff. Got one interview locked in for this week. I think I'm going to put that up at the beginning of next week. A pretty cool interview that I'm doing either Wednesday or Thursday. We're going to be doing a recap on Wednesday of the Wednesday Night Wars. And also, we'll have a preview for Clash of Champions coming up this Sunday. We'll have a recap of the UFC. A lot going on Saturday night. UFC 253. We'll have a, a preview show 
of that as well sometime this week. And also have a recap of U- the UFC 253, Israel Adesanya, Paula Costa for the middleweight title, co-main event for the vacant, yes, I said it, the vacant light heavyweight title, Dominic Reyes meets Jan Blakovich, UFC, the first light heavyweight champion that will be crowned not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier since 2011. When John Jones defeated Shogun Hua at UFC 127 to become the UFC light heavyweight champion. Dynamite's on Tuesday. No, Dynamite's on Wednesday. (coughs) Oh, is it on tomorrow? Oh, crap. Really? Oh, man. And I'll be back tomorrow. Actually, I won't be on tomorrow. I'm spending time with my wife. So if there is a dynamite tomorrow, I will not be doing a dynamite show. I haven't really seen my wife in five days. So I'm spending much needed family time tomorrow night. So I will not be podcasting tomorrow night. The schedule right now, Wednesday, whatever shows on Wednesday, we will have a preview of UFC 253. We'll have a recap show of UFC 253. Boxing on Saturday night as well with the Charlo brothers headlining a pay-per-view through Showtime pay-per-view. We'll also be previewing Clash of Champions this coming Sunday. So, Matt Ward, another comment. Oh, late night dynamite. Ah, that's not a big deal. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that one, Matt Ward. It's all biscuits and gravy, my friend. But a lot going on this week. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Stephen Milhausen. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.